Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the KDK9 show. I greatly appreciate it. All righty then. And thanks. Turkey Day is this coming Thursday. Know where your turkey is at all times. Please do me a favor. There's a rule in our house that when if we have chicken or T-bone steaks or just anything with a bone, the minute you get done eating it, you put it in a Ziploc baggie and collect all the bones from that if, you know, at period of eating. Whether it's just me eating something or we eating something or whatever. And then I put it in the stove. Not going, you know, it's not on. But I don't want to put it, I never ever put bo- cooked bones that are leftovers after you get done eating what you were eating, was on them, in the garbage. Never. If you got a cat or a dog or maybe even a guana, I don't know. Um, the, cooked bones cause so many problems in dogs and cats if they get into them. And so I just, I'm not willing to take that chance. So it's a rule in the house that you never put a bone of anything that has been cooked and eaten that in that garbage. And if it is, God help you if I kill you. <laughs> and so anyway, but so what I do is I put it in a Ziploc bag. And that's what I want you guys to get in the habit of doing at your house. Is that you, let's say you had KFC. Or you cook steaks on the grill. Okay, the minute all those bones are there, you put them in a Ziploc bag, and then you go put them out in your car. Or if you're lucky enough, see, our trash is at the end of the driveway. <laughs> it's like a lunch at a 12-pack to our up to the house, you know. So I am not going to walk down the driveway with a baggie full of bones. So I, like I said, put, usually put them in the, in the stove right now. Okay, then they go from the stove to the, um, I put it in the box of my truck. You know, my truck is sealed, so... Anyway, and then when the next time I go down the driveway, then I, if I remember, <laughs> I put it in the trash out there. So, like I say, I, I mean, I just can't tell you how many people I know their dogs have. It, it, it's been a touch and go if their dog was going to live, and so that's why it's just not worth it. So on Thanksgiving, once you're done carving the turkey, here you got the carcass. Now, let's say you're going to free, you're going to make bone broth, or you're going to be doing something with it. Well, then put it in a plastic thing, put it in the freezer. But don't put it in the doggone garbage. No turkey bones, no turkey anythings in the garbage, okay? And that goes for chicken bones, beef bones, any kind of bones. Now I'm off my soapbox. Okay, what utensil was not used by the pilgrims to eat Thanksgiving dinner? A knife, a fork, or a spoon? What do you think, Brian? Gonna go with the spoon. All right, what do you think? Fork. Ding, ding, ding. It's a fork. Oh, nice. Not used. So they use a knife and they use a spo- spoon at the uh, Thanksgiving dinner, but not a fork. Okay. What's the where's the best place to put the meat thermometer to know, uh, uh, you know, what the temperature of the turkey is in the breast, the back, or the thigh? What do you think, Brian? Breast, back, or thigh? I'm going to go with thigh. Okay, what do you think? I'm going to go with not a cook. Not a cook. No idea. <laughs> He's going to put it in the head. <laughs> and, well, the bad thing is the head ain't even there. <laughs> it is the thigh. Ding, 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 ding. That's how you find, do the, find out the temperature of your turkey. So, I got a smaller turkey, so I'm going to be doing a turkey for me and Will. I like turkey. Now, my sister, my daughter does not like turkey. They're going to do a chicken. This is, who doesn't hmm. like turkey? But I guess there are quite a few people that don't. Oh, I think it all depends on how you cook it. Oh, that's true. And most of the time, it, it is pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. You yeah. must know what you're doing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's go, to the sco- uh, let's go to the phone side. Who's on the line? All right. So we have Kathy on the line, and she has a question about her dog with a heart murmur. All right. Hi, Kathy. How you doing? I'm not bad. How about yourself? Good, good. What kind of pupper do you have? The most beautiful Maltese in town. All right, of course. And what's this beautiful Maltese's name? Tina Fey. Say again. Tina Fey. 
Tina Fey. Tina Fey. <laughs> That's good. You know, when I got her. When I got her, I said, who wouldn't want to hang out with Tina Fey? There you go. That is funny. That really is. Okay, what's going on with Tina Fey? One day this past week, she was at the vet, and they heard a heart murmur. And I don't know what to do with her, if anything. Is it going to be progressive? Should I treat her in a certain way? How old is she? What do I look for? Okay, how old is she? She's going on 14. 14, Okay. Okay, what's your thought there, Dr. Jess? Well, it's, so in conventional veterinary medicine, uh, you don't do anything about a heart murmur until the dog has symptoms of heart disease, which would okay. be coughing, loss of energy, weight loss in spite of a good appetite. So you're looking for things like that. Okay. Um. And that, I think, is typically because the drugs that are used to treat heart disease uh, are risky. They have to be very carefully managed. It's not a simple thing to do. Now, what I do, if I have a patient come in and they, I hear a heart murmur and they didn't have a heart murmur before, I will have the radiologist come in and do an ultrasound. Oh, okay. Even before, like, the dog doesn't have any symptoms. Nobody knew this was happening. I just happened to hear the murmur. I will get an ultrasound done. And the reason is because I want to know what is causing the murmur. The murmur is an abnormal sound. Right. That means that blood is typically going the wrong way through one of the valves or something like that. And it's helpful to know what exactly is causing the murmur so that I know which supplements I'm going to use Mm -hmm. to support Mm -hmm. my patient. And then, um, so depending on what we hear, you know, we'll choose some supplements. And then often, uh, typically the radiologist does a follow-up ultrasound after six months or a year. And so, you know, we'll do that. And a lot of times the dog is either stable or sometimes the heart has actually gotten better. Good. Okay. So that's typically how I handle them. Every veterinarian has somebody who they work with to do ultrasounds. Yeah, they suggested um, a cardiologist, and I don't know, I guess I thought that was pretty elaborate, but maybe not. Yeah, and it kind of depends, and so if your dog doesn't have any symptoms, she's not coughing, she has good energy, goes on her usual walks, that kind of thing, then no, I... she doesn't have any of that, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but she will sleep 23 hours a day. Is that um, Is that new for her? It's getting longer as time goes on, but no, on the whole, it isn't. She coughs, and then she sounds like um, she's going to vomit, and she doesn't. She just pulls it together, and then she sits for a while. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily the typical kind of cough that you hear with heart disease, but it sounds like an ultrasound would be a good idea. Okay. A, a lot of times, and I know a lot of uh, vets will do x-rays if the dog has a heart murmur. Um, I typically will skip the x-ray, not waste your money on it, and go straight to ultrasound because you can watch the heart in action. You can actually see what part yeah. is malfunctioning. Yeah. Now, it's not a bad idea to see a cardiologist. However, that's not something where you can say, you know, it's Monday. I'm going to get into the cardiologist on Thursday because in this day and age, that's just not going to happen. The, I think right now the best cardiologist uh, is at the University of Minnesota. Um, and so 
it might be worth calling them to get on their schedule because honestly, you're not going to get an appointment until March or April. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just kind of the way. But in the meantime, she can do an ultrasound. In the meantime, you can have your regular vet get a radiologist in, and they can do the ultrasound. Um, Okay. They might not, um, you know, there there might not be a reason to use any specific kind of medication. But like I said, I do a lot with supplements that will support the heart function, and so even if there's not a drug that you would use, a lot of times you can use supplements that will help them. Oh wow! Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is yeah, it, and then, to... and and also, like it, it sounds like you know, if you if you haven't had any, I don't know if blood tests was part of the exam when your dog was at the vet, but it might be no. a good idea maybe to investigate and find out why she's so um, sleepy. Yeah. Lethargic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because at that age, at that age, you you know, and, you know, things can. That's a good age for a dog, fourteen, and so that's why you should. You, know, I always would do I, I, at least every two years. I would do a, a blood test just to see what's going on inside. Right, and and we, you know, we we want our dogs to have you know good energy kind of until the end. You know, yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't just say you know, oh, you know, well, at her age, she's slowing down. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason for her to be so sleepy. And, yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. Is this the beginning of the end? You yeah, know? Uh-huh. yeah, worth looking into. Okay, all so, right. Uh, Thank you, bet. ladies. I Ta- appreciate it. You bet. You Take bet. care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, we got to run to break, and it has been estimated that how many Americans eat turkey at Thanksgiving? Eighty-eight percent, fifty percent, or seventy-five percent eat a turkey at Thanksgiving. We'll be back. Hello. We're here with Dr. Jessica Levy, Holistic Vet. How can they get a hold of you, Dr. Levy? Through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. There you go. Okay. Uh, it has been estimated that how many Americans eat turkey at Thanksgiving? 88%, 50%, 75%. What's you thinking there, Brian? I'm going to go with 88%. All right. What are you going to say? Oh, I agree. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. It's 88%. So I'm really surprised with how many people have that on my circle. Uh, one person does lasagna, and they also do lasagna at Christmas. Hmm. And anyway, hmm. and then ham. One of them does ham. That's their tradition is to do ham on Thanksgiving. Oh, jeez. Oh, so I guess they don't like turkey. It's okay. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's whatever. It, it, that, that, that's the main name of the game. Okay, uh, where are we at? Should we just take the question? We can. I'm going to do that. Whatever you would like to hey, do. Hey, Brian, why don't we just take that question? <laughs> All right, sounds good. So we got Al on the line, and he has a question for Dr. Jess. All right. Hi, Al. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. Good, good. What can we do for you? Well, my nine-and-a-half-year-old lab, at last wellness visit I had with her, um, I think she's starting to get LARPAR, um, where her breathing is kind of labored. Mm-hmm. So how, being nine-and-a-half years old, What's the suggestion for for surgery? Um, she's not really bad yet, but I suppose it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Are you planning on doing the surgery? N- no, unless it gets really bad. Okay. Um, and um, what do you feed your dog? What do I feed my dog? Uh-huh. Um, Nutrisource. Taste okay. of the wild. Okay. I have a question. I have a question. Raising my hand. Yes. Do you consider your dog overweight? No. Okay. How many pounds is she? 70 pounds. 70 pounds? Okay. That's, can, that's what's next. 
What is the weight question? I know it. I know it. That's See, a big I thing. Got it there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is. Okay, when you stand her, she's standing. Okay, and if you yep. take like your pointer finger or the tip fingertips and you touch her shoulders and run it from the front rib along the rib cage to her waistline, can you feel the front rib to the back rib without pressing? Can you feel the casing of the ribs? Um. I, you know, I don't know. I've never tried okay. that. Okay. Because you want to go by how they feel, but not how by they look. Because a lot of people think their dogs are, you know, they say 70 pounds, but the dog is really should be 60 pounds. That 10 pounds makes a difference on a, on a dog. You take 10 pounds of hamburger and put it on your dogs between their shoulder and their butt because they don't gain weight in their legs. Sometimes they'll gain no yeah. in the neck, you know. So 10 pounds can mean the difference of breathing correctly or not. You know what I mean? Okay. Or even five pounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, Unless your dog is morbidly, morbidly, there you go. Is that morbidly? You know, where they waddle instead of stride? (laughs) That's really bad. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. You want the dog to stride. So we should talk about LARPAR a little bit. Okay, what is that? Just for the listening audience. There you go. So that is laryngeal paralysis. And basically, um, so everybody's got vocal folds and it's these uh, pieces of tissue in your throat that are supposed to close when you're eating and drinking mm-hmm. and open up when you want to breathe. Okay. And so there is a specific nerve that goes to the vocal folds. It's called the re- recurrent laryngeal nerve. Okay. And it's recurrent because it comes off the somewhere in the neck, but like then turns back and goes north again. It comes off of the base of the neck and then turns back and goes north to the larynx. Okay. And that's the nerve that tells these vocal folds to get out of the way. Um, And so when you have dogs with laryngeal paralysis, one or sometimes both of the vocal folds don't, they no longer fold back. They don't get out of the way. Okay. And so what happens is when you're trying to breathe, basically your airway is narrowed. And so these are the dogs where instead of being able to breathe normally, you hear very noisy breathing, but it's not coming from their nose it's coming from their vocal folds, and it's called stertorous breathing. And so you hear, oh, okay, pretty good, because there's an obstruction, okay, in the larynx. Okay. And so the surgery that's done, what they do is they take the vocal fold, and it's called a tie back, and they literally open it up and tie it out of the way. Now the problem that you run into is now you have a dog who can't close off its trachea when it's eating and drinking. Ooh, okay. And so these dogs get pneumonia. Because food ends up in their lungs, oh, wow. and it is a giant pain in the butt. Okay. So my suggestion is, uh, I would introduce some raw food, and upgrade your dog's diet. She's on a good diet. Tweak it a little bit. Go one better. I would make sure that she is in lean, fit condition. So get rid of any extra flab. Uh, the way I explain it to people is, if you're standing over your dog and you lay your flat hands if you lay your hands gently on the sides of her chest you should be able to feel her ribs without any pressure you should also give her perina om too Mm -hmm. um i would do better suggest (laughs) strongly finishing that up and not using that product anymore it is way too high carbohydrate so the problem is that carbs create unhealthy fat in dogs because dogs are carnivores. Mm-hmm. 
So all dry dog food is a minimum of 50% carbohydrate, and the prescription diets tend to be very high carbohydrate. So that's why I always suggest feeding a raw diet because it is closer to what dogs would actually eat in the wild, which is high protein, high fat, very low carb. So I would start with that. The other thing that I would say is get ye to a chiropractor, right? This is a nerve problem. How do we make our nerves happier? We go to the chiropractor. That's true. So, and it was a chiropractor doctor that actually uh, told me what she had. Oh, okay. Nice. Good. Nice. So do, did you have her do a, you had an adjustment done with her? Yeah, and he also did acupuncture. Oh, nice, nice. Good. Okay, good. now we just got to tweak the diet. Okay. Yeah, and then and I, make sure I would, she's good weight. Yeah, and then I would um, keep up with that. Um, there are, in general, you know, supplements that you might think of using. You said your dog's about nine and a half. Um, yeah. And so uh, some stuff is kind of like just as dogs get older. So that's where I use medicinal mushrooms kind of proactively because mm-hmm. your dog is now heading into senior land. Okay. Yeah. Um, so medicinal mushrooms. If she's not on a joint supplement, you might as well. Put her on one. You know, you don't have to wait till she gets arthritis. You can be proactive about it. And then I would suggest something for um, her immune system. So you could use something. Mm -hmm. Also giving her Boswella and turmeric. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Good. Good. So have you noticed any improvement in her breathing with the chiropractic? No. You know, it. It's uh, if it's, if it's warmer out, then we really don't notice that she's laboring more. But if she's mellowed out, we uh, we're giving her some CBD treats, and mm-hmm. that seems to help uh, a little bit there, you know. But um, uh, it's it's not to the point now where I'm really concerned about having surgery mm-hmm. with her um, because. Her age, especially, you know, she's getting up there. It's not bothering her that much. Mm-hmm. And the older she gets, the the healing point is going to be, you know, a factor, too. Right. So, um, you know, we all want them to be around for many more years, you know, and reality sets in, you know, and we know that's not going to happen. You know, so um, just try to make her... Make right. her comfortable. But, okay, but remember, goes. Al, what what Doctor Jess said when they do the surgery, that that creates a whole other set of uh, issues, problems. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, so that makes sense. And so, it sounds like um, if the CBD is helpful for her, then it sounds like calming her helps her breathe better. Yeah. Okay. okay so, so that is also that's also a case for medicinal mushrooms, right? Because one of the things that medicinal mushrooms do is they feed the adrenal glands. And so that helps reduce our cortisol levels, kind of, you know, takes okay. us out of the fright or flight reactive okay. kind of thing. Okay. So I would use that and then something to um, help her immune system. Um, you know, one of the things to think at, about is the okay, silver, well, silver lining herbs. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's hold, mm-hmm. hold on now. We got we to gotta run. Okay, sure. Sarah yeah. Joseph Hale is credited with making Thanksgiving a national holiday. What classic children's song is she famous for? For uh, for writing. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh, it's a Bitsy Bitsy Spider. I'm a Little Teapot or Old McDonald's Farm. We'll be back. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Just a reminder, I will not be doing a live show next Sunday. Um, I'll just be wishing I was here. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Sarah Jofia 
Hale is credited with making Thanksgiving a national holiday. What class of children's song is she famous for writing? All right. Okay, Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's a Bitsy Fighter. A li- I'm a Little Teapot. I haven't sung that for a long time. I'm a Little Teapot. Uh, here is my hand. But anyway, uh, Old McDonald's Farm. Which one do you think it is? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Old McDonald. Okay, what, what did you say? Oh, I'm definitely voting for I'm a Little Teapot. teapot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all wrong. Because <laughs> I was going for the teapot one, too. In addition to writing Mary Had a Little Lamb, Sarah, Sarah Hale also wrote um, the founder of the progressive periodical, the American Ladies Magazine. So she wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb and then was the founder of the progressive periodic, oh, uh, the American Ladies Magazine. So she wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's mind-boggling to think that, like, somebody wrote that. What, Mary Had a Little Lamb? Yeah. Fleece is white as snow? Yeah. Wow. 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 All right. Okay. It's like we a were... whole industry of people writing children's songs yeah, okay. that I hadn't thought of. Well, you know what? When you talk, when you, uh, I don't know, when you were a kid, Brian, because you're probably the closest to being a little kid than we are. <laughs> okay. What kind of books did your mom read to you? Um. Oh gosh, the one that comes to mind is uh, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. Oh, Chicka Boom Boom. Okay. Or something. Okay. Uh, okay. And. Uh, um, if you give a mouse a cookie, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, you give a mouse or, cookie. like all those books, right? And, but, uh, but if you give a muffin and a pig a pancake, they're okay. But you give the mouse a, a cookie, that is the best. The best. I was so yeah. fascinated with the illustration in that book. As I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this person colored way cool. <laughs> it's so cool. But anyway, yeah, because you know when we were younger. Okay, I'm 66 now, right? Everything was about fairy tales. And if you really read about they read the fairy tales, they are not nice. Oh yeah, they are very very scary. Uh, you know, even the um, three little pigs or three blind mice. I mean, that was some wicked stuff. And what we never, why didn't we ever think about what was actually being said? I don't get it. So yeah, because if you give a mouse cookie, that was one of my favorites, and you know, Cassandra's too. Mm-hmm. And then I like uh, Norman Bean the Jumping Bean. Oh, that one's a good one. Yeah. I love that. And then, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, da, da, da. Uh, where the Sidewalk Ends that has poems in it. Have you ever read that one? Where the oh, Sidewalk that, Ends? Uh, oh, that... yeah. Shell Silverstein. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really love that one, too. So, anyway, but yeah, but, but like, like, so Mary had a little lamb, you know, like I said, that just brought back a whole memory of stuff that, <laughs> holy, you know, that is just crazy. Some of the stuff, like, and we would just run around singing it and not really realize what the heck we were talking about. <laughs> oh, well, oh, we have Al waiting for us. <laughs> we better get back to him. Hey, Al, are you still with us? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so what book did you, when you were a little kid, what book did you get hooked on? Oh God, Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill went up the hill. There you go. Now, did yep. you? Were you? Did you read it, or was it read to you? No, it was. Oh, cool. Okay, so that was good. Okay, where were we with with uh, I lost? I mean, yeah, so I think we were um, talking about um, supplements yes. for the nine year old lab yep, with Farpar. Okay. Yeah. Um, and raw foods. Yeah, raw food. That's that's easy enough to do. Um, Many local pet food stores sell raw food and should be able to help you out. Okay. Um, supplements specifically that I wouldn't think of, I would use standard process Neuroplex. Neuroplex. Um, 
because that will specifically address the nerves, I would use all I would use that and canine immune support as well as a medicinal mushroom and then um, a joint supplement. And you've got Boswellia and turmeric on board as well. So I think that kind of covers all your bases. Really? And then your chiropractor that you used has access to standard process. Yeah. And then um, I will say, like, how many acupuncture treatments has your dog had? Oh, dozen. Okay. Um, keep at it. Uh, I, you know, I found for myself, um, you know, through the course of me treating myself for an autoimmune condition, um, I went uh, to acupuncture weekly for the first nine and a half months. Wow. And now I go every other week. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, it sounds like you're on the right road. So you just got a little more tools. And how can you and get also a- giving them glucosamine? Oh, good. Okay. So you got a, a joint supplement on board. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So how can you get a hold of you? He's got more questions for you, Dr. Jess. At uh, holistic-vet-care.com. And you can email me from my website. Okay. 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 Thank you so Thank much, you. kid. Hope we yeah. gave you some tools to work with. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. All right. It all is. It it is. It's. um, There's just so much out there that you know, and unless the vets you know suggests it, people just kind of just are a drone. And I was impressed that this guy took the dog to a a, a, Mm -hmm. uh, that Al took him to a Cairo. You know, and has what did he say? Ten times, eleven times, something like that. Yeah. So that's that's phenomenal. Because in my book, every dog should go to Cairo at least once a a year. and, And you know, and sometimes like with his dog. It, it is possible that that is at least preventing the dog's condition from getting worse. worse. Yep. Sometimes that's what you do. You know, sometimes yep. you just kind of put the brakes on yep. what would otherwise be an, an inevitable. And then to have that surgery, they, if it, if it, they pull that back. Now you have to worry about, you know, that closing when food, so the food goes oh, into the lungs. Aspiration, and, pneumonia. Yeah, that's, that's a nightmare. Yeah. That's and nightmare. so, like I said, it's just, it, I guess I, if this was my dog, and like I say, you don't, you want them for always ever to be with you. But I would run the course of this without getting the surgery, right. you know, is what I would do. Yeah. Because to me, that just seems like you're opening a night, another nightmare, hoping for even more. But I think getting be getting more problems. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Who's up to bat there, Brian? All right. So are we you, have. Are you asleep? I fall asleep over there. We, sorry. You know, this is, for what's <laughs> been a long since time since you've had a lot of stuff to say. So I, I feel so happy because sometimes she comes down here. And she's just kind of like knitting away as I'm talking away because there'd be no questions or whatever. So this is, I'm just Well, sometimes it's just back-to-back potty training. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. just hang out over here. There you go. Well, we oh. got another training question. Oh, there you go. Barb is on the line with one. All right. Hi, Barb. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So what kind of pupper are we talking about? Love your show. Oh, thank so you. I have a question about Chocolate Lab. All right. Um, I've had them all my life. Okay. Um, and they're always afraid to go up steps. Okay. Um, the first dog I had, Coco, I made her go up the steps and come back down and never went back up. Okay. The second lab I had, I made her go up the steps, got her back down, and then she would just go up there and poop. Because <laughs> she liked the steps now. Okay. <laughs> my new lab, uh, she's 10 months old. I kind of made her come up the steps tonight to make sure everything was okay. I had to drag her down. Okay. I was wondering what is the, is there a problem with the, I mean, I live in an old farmhouse, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of steps. Yep. So I was uh, wondering why they're so afraid. Now, did you have there. this, this dog you have now, did you have her as a pup or did you just get her? 
Oh, always a puppy. Okay. Okay, because see, uh, dogs going upstairs have less problems than dogs trying to go downstairs. Their peripheral okay. vision is different, and they, you know, they can misstep, and it, so it's easier to go up than it is down. Right, okay. and you never force the issue. They've got to figure it out. They've got to n- navigate it. If you push okay. them, and if they accidentally, if they feel uh, like kitty wampus, you know, I mean, like they're just not sure of themselves, they're going to be so scared they're not going to want to do it ever again. All right. And so what you do is you take one step, you know, if you have to, you know, I don't use treats for training, but this is one place I'd use treats or a ball or, you know, something you don't want to put treats along the steps all the way up. Okay. And so, but not every one of them though, you know, and and you should work with it. She shouldn't be on her own. You should be working, going ahead. You say, Hey, we could do this step. Look at that. We could step. You sit on your butt and then touch the step next to you. Hey, step. And Sue's, you know, puts a paw on you, then move your butt up one more step. You know, so the dog isn't doing it on her, on their own. And so there you're working as a team to go up the stairs. Okay, and the right. same thing when you're going down. Sit down in your butt and go down one step at a time. Give your dog okay. enough you know, room on the side and then just touch the step, you know, and just say the word step. Step means watch where you're placing your feet. It's not that you are on the steps, okay? What it means okay. is that I need you to step your paw on this step <laughs> or I need oh. to have you step your this paw on the bridge or step your oh. paw you know what I mean so that just means so you're giving it a word because I like to teach vocabularies all right but then yeah. like I say the dog isn't just trying to negotiate on his own now are your stairs carpeted or do they have any are they slippery or what no, they're all just wood. Yeah, see, and that's really, especially if the dog has any kind of nails, it's really tough, you know, for them to negotiate that because, you know, all they have to do is slip and, you know, just think of us. If we slip on the stairs, we get very nervous around stairs, don't we? And so that's why yeah. I don't know. Um, personally, I would put like a a, a, a runner you know, in the center of the steps, if there's a, a pair of steps that you really want the dog to use, is put some kind of a carpeted runner, you know, in the center. So that will give him the grip because that's why a lot of dogs now with everybody going to a hardwood floors, there's so many dogs that slipped wrong or, or did the splits and now they don't want to, you know, even touch on, you know, touch on them. And so the people have to place rugs strategically around, get the dog from one end of the house to the other. All right. And so hardwood okay. floors, linoleum floors, and steps that don't have anything on them are a dog's nightmare. Especially if your dog is a very high energy dog, they want to do everything fast. And see, so, you know, they want to race up the stairs or race down the stairs, they, you know, without thinking. And all it takes is one time to get a little hurt, and then now they're scared of it. So just take your time. Just like the last dog, once she got up there and knew about it, uh-huh. she kept running up, and then she started pooping up there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because what okay. she's doing is she's taking it away from you. And, you know, she doesn't want to poop in front of you. She's put taking yeah. it away to the other end of the house is what it is. Okay. Okay, but so that's what I mean. Work with it as a team. Don't make them go fast. Go slow. And then, and if she only goes up like three steps and quick turns around and goes down, just leave her alone. Okay, try to okay. get another time. Don't your goal don't drag is to, her up there. Yeah, don't drag her up there. <laughs> nope, don't let her negotiate it. You know, if you're going to be upstairs, just let her figure out that she can come upstairs. Okay, okay. all of a sudden you might be surprised. All of a sudden she's behind you. Oh, look at you! You made it all by yourself. But like I say, don't drag a dog up a stairs or down the stairs. If you're, you know, if you if you want them and they won't come, then you're going to have to pick them up, put bring them down. All right, but you're not going to drag them up or down the stairs because that will just bite you in the butt in the long run. Uh, well, she's like up 60 pounds. So I won't be caring. Okay, okay. <laughs> but see, believe it or not, though, if you make it enticing enough, get a squeaker toy. 
you know, and okay. just and just sit at the end of the stairs or the top of the stairs and squeak it. Hey, well, look what I okay. got. And let them negotiate it. She might start barking insensibly and stuff, but then don't squeak for a while and talk to her. Let her figure it out. Just They can negotiate things, but it would be better okay. for you to work with her at first to go negotiate it together and then let her try it on her own. Oh, okay. Perfect. Okay. 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 Thanks, Katie. Okay, kiddo, you bet. Have a great evening. And Love have a great... Show. Thank you. Ha- thank you. Have a great turkey day. You too. Okay. Uh, where are we at here? Da, 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 da. Mary had a little lamb. What was the religion of the original pilgrims? Da, 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 da. Was it Mormon, Catholic, Jehovah Witness, or Kabbalist? I think it's C-A-L-V-I-N-I-S-T. Okay, I'll be right back. Hey, we're starting to wind it down. See, our great friends at Nutrisource wants to wish all you guys out there, all the your family and your pets and such that, a very happy, happy Thanksgiving. And make sure you keep your pets safe. Keep those get those bones and the carcasses out of the way. Know where your turkey is at all times. And then our friends at, you just heard John with uh, Pet Cremation MM. Uh, their family wants to wish your family uh, a great, happy tea day. And so it's just uh, that uh, petcremationmn.com. Uh, John uh, is just an, an awesome person. And remember that he they he has staff that that is just very kind, very sweet. And they will, you can set up an appointment to have them come out and put your, uh, you know, can be at home. You don't have to bring your dog into a vet or a cat into a vet or anything like that. They will do it and then come bring them back and have them cremated. And it's a real short turnaround. And they've got a nice urn and it's just really, really nice. So anyway, so yeah, so from Nutrisource's family and from John's, from Pet Commission MN's family, they want to make sure that your family has one awesome tea day. All right, uh, last call for alcohol. Oh, wrong place, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay, uh, let's see, did it, uh, let's see, what was it? Let's see, let's see, found it by, okay, was it a Mormon, Catholic, Jehovah Witness, or Calvin, C-A-L-V-I-N-I-S-T? Which one do you think was the religion at the at the at the Thanksgiving dinner? Um, I, if I had to pick, uh, maybe Jehovah's Witness. Okay, what do you think? I I wonder if they weren't Calvinists. Okay, that's what it is. It's Calvinist. Oh, nice. Calvinism was found by John Calvin, oddly enough. When and the, I start a cult, I will also name it after myself, and that's going to be. <laughs> What's it going to be called? Oh, wait. I, I haven't come up with it yet. Oh, okay. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Calvinism was founded by John Calvin, and the religion emphasizes God's authority over man and the importance of the Bible. Okay. So okay, there is such a, there's such a thing as Calvinism. Okay. Who is, who's next? All right. So we have Dylan on the line, and uh, they just have a general dog question. All right. Hi there, Cal- Dylan. <laughs> I was Hello, at the wrong. Hello, Katie. Hi, hi. What can I do for you? Um, I have a question about um, my dog. Okay, let's hear it. We got a little bit um, of time, just a little time. So hurry on. What she does is um, she uh, constant goes um, to the bathroom in the house. Okay. And uh, it's like um, she just won't stop doing that. Okay. What kind? What kind of dog? It's a Morky Maltese mix. Okay, how old? She's um actually four years old. Okay, and so have you taught her what potty is called and where to put it? Yeah, I taught her what that is. Okay, well, do you use pee pads or is she going outside? Usually she's going outside. Okay. Somebody lets her out. Okay. And see, that's the thing, though, is that you until your dog is trusted, they should be in a playpen area. 
or their kettles so that you have control of the situation. Now, when you take her out to go potty, you take her out on a leash into the, like a four, uh, a 10-foot whatever line and bring her to the potty spot, stand still, and tell her what you want. Go potty, go potty, or get busy, get busy. <laughs> And then when uh-huh. she and then when she goes, you calmly go, "Good potty, very nice, good potty." And the maximum time outside for a uh, for a Minnesota dog is two minutes. After end of two minutes, if they haven't done anything, you bring them back in, wait for a minute or two, keep them on a leash with you, try it again. And so that what you're after is that they understand what potty is called and where to put it. And any dog that is having accidents does not have right. That's a right that is earned to have freedom in the house. So if they're having accidents, then you have to control the situation. So if you don't have time to watch the dog, it's either in a playpen or the kennel, or when they're out, then they're on a leash tied to you so that you know exactly what they're up to. You don't give them the chance to go around the corner and do something. Okay? Uh Okay, so what you just want to do is reiterate potty training. Now, next two weeks, she's tied to you. Uh, when she's out or she's in her kennel or playpen. Then the third week, you're going to let her drag the leash, but she has to keep stay in the same room as you. The fourth week, you're going to let her drag the leash, but she can go around the house if everything's been going good up to that point. And then the fifth week, you could take the leash off if she's been doing really good and then just let her earn the right to be free in the house. Anytime that she has an accident, then back to uh, um, square one. Now, the thing is, is that the most time that a dog has to go potty is first thing in the morning, there should be a piddle and a doo-doo right when they wake up from a nap, right after they get done playing, and then 10, 15 minutes after they get done eating or drinking. That's kind of the normal time a dog wants to go eat. And if you're given any rawhide chews, pig ears, or anything that has a lot of salt, they're going to drink more, and then they're going to pee more. Okay? What kind of food are you feeding? Just like regular dog food. Like what? Um, I I would say, um, like... Like actual dog food, I'm saying. Well, no, I know what brand. Are you feeding Nutrisource? Are you feeding what? What are you feeding? What brand of dog food? I think Nutrisource. Okay, well that's good because sometimes you know if you put, if we do a low brand, uh, low uh, profile brand, there's a lot of salt in it, and then that too much salt, and they drink more, then they pee more. So your goal right now is to reiterate potty training, whereas you don't give her opportunity to go. Okay, so you're just going to, you know, teach her what it's called and where it goes. And then don't give her any freedom. That's something that she has to earn. All right. Okay. Okay. Good luck. And give me a holler back if it's not working out. Okay. But next week I won't be here because it's Turkey Day weekend. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good, Katie. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Happy you Turkey too, Day. You too, Katie. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Here's a question for you. What's another name for a... Uh, Furcula found in turkeys, a furcula, okay? Here it is. Is that the funny bone, appendix, drumstick, or wishbone? Uh, funny bone, maybe? Or, no, yeah, I'm just going to go. stay with funny bone? Yep. Okay, what are you going to say? So, wishbone. You're going to say wishbone? Okay, let's see. Correct. Okay, the tradition of making a wish before putting a wishbone, pulling a wishbone with another person dates back to the early 17th century. It is a wishbone. That's what a fur kula is. Oh. Believe it or not, all the chickens, I, I saved them wishbones. Yeah. Yeah, and I got them a little zip up. <laughs> and? I, well, someday, like, if I need a wish, I was hoping I can, you know, make a wish and pull it with somebody. But oh, I okay. Few, I thought I you were, like, saving up for a necklace. No. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no. 
But yeah, no, I've always, you know, okay, if, if I, you know, if I really need a wish bad, okay, okay, we're here, I need a wish, okay, but I, you know, for some reason, you know, truth be told, I forget about them until I'm cleaning the cupboard, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I got some wishes sitting in here. <laughs> oh, well, what can I say? Oh, well, Dr. Jess, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on in. It's so pleasant to see you in person and yes, here indeed. in the studio, so I appreciate that. And as Brian, I know hopefully you're going to roll. What are you going to do for your Turkey Day weekend other than watch TV and. <clears throat> other than football and. Football, football, football. Um, uh, I actually have some friends uh, coming back home. Uh, oh, for you have the, friends? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm impressed. Them, oh, good. Yeah, so. Good, good, good for you. Uh, Yay. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to do like a little Friendsgiving. Oh, Friendsgiving. Day before, oh, so. that'd be good. Day before Thanksgiving? Yep. Oh, you don't want to do that. Because then you're hungover for Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, that's the perfect time to lounge around and eat. Like, perfect day to do it. Unless you help your mom uh, cook it on? Uh, I'll run errands for ingredients okay. and stuff okay. she needs. But, do you know how to cook? Uh, I, yeah, I do. I Let can me cook. guess. You make a really good breakfast. Um, Yeah, I could whip up a mean omelet, yeah. um, some pancakes. Most every guy I know knows how to make a really good uh, breakfast. But the rest of the day, it's hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs, sandwiches, grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, my problem is, I don't care. I'm getting better at breakfasts. My problem trying to make eggs that are like either over easy or whatever. <sighs> oh, that's break an art them. form. Yeah, I break them and then they look like bleh, And so anyway. But yeah, today I made pancakes. I made homemade pancakes. Mm. Yeah, with, you know, flour, milk, eggs, salt, sugar, and um, the secret ingredient. Vanilla. Oh, I thought it was going to be jalapenos or no, something. <laughs> I don't eat. I don't eat hot stuff. some pineapple. Pineapple oh, yeah. that goes in the cornbread. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, so I hope you all will have a nice turkey day. And please be careful and keep your pets uh, safe and not get into any kind of the, of the dry bones. And just uh, if you have to put the dogs in a, in their kennels or in other rooms. Uh, when people first come in, maybe keep the dog in another room and in kennels until everybody sat down. Or if you're going to have a uh, gathering hour before, then you can have the dog on a leash. Uh, remember, if the dog keeps jumping, step on the leash and uh, just uh, the really the better thing to do is let everybody get in get acclimated sit down then bring the dog out and then everybody go eat and then put the dog away and then when everybody's crashed bring them back out again again thank you go what's your website holistic-vet-care.com all right thank you brian thank you dr jess and happy thank tea you. day to you all train thank your you dogs take care